0: Hi, this is Dan Sheridan. Thanks for listening. We're studying John's gospel, and I just want to remind you why God gave us this wonderful book. Why did John write? And here's what he says. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, we read, In many other signs, truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing he might have life through his name. So God has gone out of his way to communicate with us with words. And he put them in this Gospel of John. All the facts that are contained in this book are designed to bring us to the place where we recognize that we believe that Jesus is the Christ. What does that mean? Well, we'll talk more about what it means to be the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing You might have life through his name. That's the goal. And I've been encouraging you to read John's gospel on your own. Uh, Sit down by yourself. Ask God to show himself to you through this book, because this is the book where God begins with you, with with humanity. Uh, The Bible is a big book. It's enormous. I mean, it's uh, many pages, 1500 in my Bible. And it's a wonderful story. Uh, But we have to start somewhere, and the best place to start, I believe, is in John's gospel, because this is his message to the world today, where he introduces himself to you. And so uh, open it up and read it on your own. And my studies here are just to aid you in that and to encourage you uh, to study this wonderful book. And so far, we've been going slow. We've only covered a few verses. Uh, We'll speed up as time goes on here in this gospel. But some of these verses take a little bit more time and a little bit more thought as we go through them. Uh, But we will speed up. But today I want to just back up again. And look at these first three verses that we covered. We read in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And we learned that God has been communicating with the human race from the beginning. God is the great communicator, and He speaks to us through this book, which is proof enough that God loves us. God would not communicate with us if He was intent on destroying us. See, the false religions of the world have a God who really doesn't like human beings very much. They're just nothing but playthings and uh, created to be destroyed and, and so forth. But God loves humanity and he's communicated with humanity uh, through this wonderful book we call The Scriptures or Your Bible. And so God is communicated from the beginning. The word was with God. It points to him. It relates to him. And it was God in the sense that it's, it represents him when he's absent. We can't see God, but we know him through what is written. And then it says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So the very creation came into existence through God's word. In other words, our creation has a purpose. It's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with this world that God can't fix. We look outside in this beautiful creation, and now we as human beings have messed it up a little bit with our selfishness and our wars, but guess what? There's nothing wrong with this world that God can't fix, and He will fix it. That's one of the great stories of the Bible, is that God will fix the problems of this world. And One of his great sayings in the Bible is that he's a father because he considers us his children. And so God intends that this world will one day be just like a family atmosphere, a family where everybody loves one another, including their father. The great commandment in the scripture is to love the Lord our God. And also the second is like it to love our neighbor as ourselves. And God is going to fix it one day. So we all love him and love each other. And all these problems will one day be fixed. So creation came into existence through God's word. It has a purpose. There's a goal to this creation. Uh, Genesis 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's where the Bible begins. And the Bible ends in 1 Corinthians 15, where it says, Then cometh the end that God may be all in all. So we have creation at the beginning, and then we see the goal, the end, uh, where the goal is arrived when God becomes all in all, all things to all people. And in between, we have the great story of redemption. We're in that in-between portion right now. So all things were made by him, and without him, not anything was made that was made. Then we read now in verse 4, in him was life. In him is referring to the word, and in the word is life. And that's so important because we live in a world of death. Um, The world is, we're surrounded by death. Death came into the world through the one man, Adam's sin, and death surrounds us. And most of the religions of the world are based on death, You know, religions always prepare for death. Religion is a preparation for death, but the Bible is about life. Most religions ask the question, where will you go when you die? Because they're preparing for death. They have no clue that God will solve the death issue. Death is a great enemy. It's not a friend. Death is a return to the ground, according to scripture. It's not life in any way, shape, or form. Death is to cease to be alive. And you don't go anywhere when you die, you die. But the real question is, according to Job in the Bible, the book of Job, Job asked the question, if a man die, will he live again? And the answer is yes. Um, If a man die, he will live again. That's why scripture says, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. All those you have known who've died, I've lost loved ones recently. They're dead. But one day God will raise them from the dead. The very person who died will be resurrected. The same person, same personality. They're in the hands of God now. And this is the great hope of scripture. Scripture is about life, not death. It's about resurrection hope. When the apostles went about proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ in the early days, it says that they were accused of preaching about Jesus and the resurrection. See, in the Old Testament, uh, as I mentioned before, Job asked that question, if a man die, shall he live again? And the answer is yes, because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, as we're going to learn in John's gospel. When you look back at all the ancient religions in Sumeria, ancient Sumer, they would bury their people with items of life because they believed the afterlife, you know, when they died, they went somewhere and they needed to be uh, given provisions in their grave for the afterlife. The Pharaohs built these great tombs and they filled them with gold and all kinds of stuff. Why? Because they had no hope. They didn't understand. They didn't understand the truth that the wages of sin is death and death is not life. They didn't have a hope of resurrection because they didn't know the true and living God. But the Bible gives us hope. The Bible shows us that through Christ, all will be made alive. So in him was life. See, we don't have a lifeless religion. (laughs) And notice what else it says here. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So the word is life, and it says, and the life... Was the light of men. What does light do? Light shines. You know, it also exposes, too. The Word of God not only shines, but it exposes. It shows where we've failed, where His creatures have failed. But it also shines the light on the solution. Not only does light show you the problem, but it shows you the solution. We're going to read later in this gospel that the Lamb of God, Jesus, came to take away the sin of the world. Well, there's the sin. As light shining on human failure, but he can, and it also shows you the, it shines on the solution. He is the lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. And so what a wonderful thing the word is. Not only is it life, it's about living. It's about life in its fullest, a life beyond the grasp of death, but it's also about um, Love. It's about exposing our heirs to reprove us, to bring us back to himself so that we might know him and serve him. So in him was life and the life was the light of men. Now, verse five says, and the light, which is the word, shineth in the darkness. Well, there's a lot of darkness in this world, isn't there? Uh, Darkness often represents something. When we say something is dark, we mean it's eerie, it's bad. The light shines in darkness, and it does. God's word penetrates through uh, the evils that surround us. It penetrates. It can't be stopped by darkness. All the forces of evil will never stop God's love and God's light. And it says, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you we look throughout human history, most nations did not comprehend the light. They didn't understand God's word. And But there were those who did. There were many who believed the truths of God's word throughout history. I, too, uh, I'm one of them today. And hopefully you, as you listen to this program, you say, I, too, am a believer, And that you can comprehend the truths of God. Now we're going to see uh, throughout this gospel, of John, how many people that uh, our Lord encountered. Some of them didn't comprehend the truth, but there were others who did. And I pray that you comprehend. And that's a prayer you should ask as you read. Uh, Remember this audio, this lesson is just to encourage you to read on your own. And ask God to open your eyes to teach you so that you may comprehend the word. All right. This is Dan Sheridan. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you spending this time with me. I enjoy it very much. Until next time, remember this, God loves you.